In our ongoing efforts to educate and communicate, we feature our healthcare providers in conversation on Shepherd Center Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Every October, the U.S. Department of Labor's Office of Disability Employment Policy celebrates National Disability Employment Awareness Month to recognize the workforce contributions of people with disabilities, and those workers include people living with spinal cord and or brain injury. My guest today is Debbie Page. She's a vocational rehabilitation case manager at Shepherd Center. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world of disabilities and people re-entering the workforce after they've suffered a traumatic brain injury or spinal cord injury? Well, the world's come a long way in welcoming and enabling people to return to the workforce. I think Shepherd Center um, as a hospital is a good example, whereas uh, 50 years ago, hospitals like Shepherd didn't exist. And so now there's a field of rehabilitation. There are physicians that specialize in rehab and um, occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists, neuropsychology. There's a whole team that works together to help a person to be able to return to work. And the world's got an open mind to it now. I'm so glad to hear that, and it really sounds like it's a multidisciplinary approach. So what do you do as a vocational case manager to help people get back integrated into the mainstream or back into a workforce? What's involved? Well, at Shepherd, we like to meet with patients early on, so even when someone is an inpatient here, we start that process so that they can understand that we want them to go back to work, and that the family understands returning to work is an important goal so they can be fully integrated back into society. And so initially it's education and information as to what type of resources are available to them. Sometimes um, after patients are on the inpatient unit at Shepherd and then they're in either our acquired brain injury or spinal cord injury day program, they are sometimes able to return to work at that point. And if they are, then we uh, negotiate that return to work with their employers. And that can involve um, education about the disability. And for each person, it's very different. And also... um, Different accommodations need to be negotiated with each employer. For what, what determines someone's readiness to go back to work, Debbie? How do you know well, that somebody it's is so, ready? It's a, it's a very complex uh, question, and that's why a whole team of people have to be involved in that. So let's say that someone has a spinal cord injury. You have to, they have to be medically stable and then have progressed where they're not um, really benefiting from rehab every day because as long as they're benefiting, as long as, of course, they're needing inpatient, um, that's primary. Then when they go to a day program, that's typically full-time, five days a week, but they don't live at the... um, rehab center. At Shepherd, we have apartments for families and for patients, 
but they're living independently in those apartments. And so um, it depends on the job. So let's say that someone works um, in uh, customer service. Well, if they have a spinal cord injury, maybe only the lower part of their body is affected, and so their upper body is still good to to use their their computer devices and their telephones. So perhaps what what they have to accomplish before they return to work is to be able to drive and to transfer in and out of the vehicle and to have their vehicle adapted and and that can sometimes be accomplished uh, within three to five months from the from the onset of the injury for some people it takes longer and an example for how it might take longer is let's say someone had a common issue with spinal cord injury of spasticity that may prevent them from driving and especially if they lived in a community where there was no public transportation, then um, that would limit their ability to to be able to be transported to work. Now, uh, many of our patients have higher level injuries in that they're paralyzed, whether it's complete or incompletely, from the neck or the torso down. Those people may need to learn how to use adaptive computer equipment using speech output and uh, to, before they can be able to perform their job. And then in negotiating with their employer a return to work, they would need an, an office space where they could maneuver a power wheelchair, which takes a lot more space than a a manual chair. They would need to be proficient with their adaptive computer skills, and that can take additional time. Then there are some some patients who, let's say um, you're an HVAC technician, and we, we do see a, a, that is a fairly common career, and so those individuals have to, whether they give estimates for heating and air conditioning or they install them, they have to be able to be at unprotected heights to climb and to crawl. Now, those individuals, for them to return to the workforce, they're going to need to completely retrain that certification that they had to work in HVAC isn't, isn't helpful to them any longer. So they're going to need to return and have and acquire another certification. And fortunately, in the United States, each state has a Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, and those um, agencies are staffed by vocational case managers that have master's degrees in rehab counseling, they're required by their federal regulations to have master's degrees. And they have the staff that they can contract with or they themselves can provide an assessment and help someone sort out what might be a good next choice for them for a career and then where in their area they can go to locate that training. And there are resources available through each 
State Department of Vocational Rehab and through grants to pay for the for that retraining. So if they are someone who can't go back to their old job, if they were somebody who was doing something very physical and that's no longer something they can consider, then mm-hmm. what do you do with them about integrating them into a new type of profession if they want to go back to work? They um, will start with the state vocational rehabilitation, and we have a good relationship in Georgia with our Atlanta office, and they actually meet with our patients here. Um, most patients who would who would have that level of injury, we are going to be working with them on a plan for how they're going to stay busy and stay fit while they're in our rehabilitation program. So people may volunteer, and the Vocational Services Department can work with them on... Uh, on volunteer sites, they we can help them have workout schedules. We have at Shepherd life skills training where we can actually work with many of our patients in their home to make sure that they're able to carry over the skills they learned while housed at Shepherd into their community into their their actual home. We also work with people on learning how to use their public transportation systems so that if if that's available in their community and in Atlanta we're very fortunate to have an excellent public transportation system and paratransit. Paratransit is a a bus that is curb to curb service. So someone in a wheelchair can who's who's not accustomed to being mobile out in the community by themselves they can have that bus come to their home and then pick them up and deliver them at a work site a volunteer site a medical appointment a gym anywhere they need to go and that's fantastic information. In just the last minute, Debbie, please give your best information about that path back to work for people that have suffered brain injury or spinal cord injury and why they should come to Shepherd Center for their care. Because they'll receive comprehensive services. As soon as they walk in the door, they have physical therapy, occupational therapy. We have 38 recreational therapists, the largest recreational therapy department in the world. And so those recreational therapists are working with people not only on avocational activities, but helping them to become independent out in the community, in and around Shepherd and Atlanta, and helping their families to understand how to troubleshoot issues that come up with wheelchairs, doing intermittent catheterizations out in the community. There are any number of, of new t- skills that not only the patients have to have, but family members. And they have to have a comfort level in order to be safe out in the community with their, with their family members. 
I certainly applaud all the great work that you do, Debbie. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Shepherd Center Radio. For more information, you can go to shepherd.org. That's shepherd.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening. 